Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and, and sorry, I'm just checking my microphone, make sure it's working here. So um, I have a very, very amazing, very special guest and good friend of mine um, on the show today. And I want to go ahead and welcome Dr. Doug McCloy to the show. Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Ken. It's great to be on the show. Been man. waiting for this for a long time. I know. I, I've been. I've been trying. You're you're a globe trotter, man. I've been trying like crazy to get you on the show, and you're uh, you're a busy guy. And we're, we're going to get into some of that stuff that you um, are out there doing um, to to change the world here here shortly. But um, you know, I created this show to. Um, I think a lot of people in life get stuck and and they don't know how to get unstuck. And um, my wife is on the show. She just said power player right here. <laughs> so um, so, you know, I, I, I think that by hearing other people's stories of um, being knocked down and getting back up and and getting through it, I think it, it really empowers other people. It gives them them hope and, and ability. So, um, I want to kind of start with uh, let's let's talk about where you were born and raised. Wow. Well, I was born in Peekskill, New York, um, and only stayed there for about six months, and then uh, moved to Ohio, Canton, Ohio. And then I really grew up in Hartville, Ohio. The, uh, the, the tagline for Hartville, Ohio was, um, nice people live here. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my, uh, that's my kind of growing up part was, uh, basically up from Ohio. You know, that's my, that's my line. Where's Hartville? Is that up by Canton, up that way? Yeah, that is, uh, Akron, Canton area. So just a little bit, uh, just a little bit from Canton, Ohio. So basically, Canton, Ohio. Okay. I grew up in Marlboro originally, and then um, moved to Hartville when I was twelve. So wow, Hartville, I really kind of, kind of, kind of grew up in the most parts of it. But between those two, Marlboro and Hartville, so not two places you hear much of. Like they're tiny. Those got to be tiny little towns. Very small. Now Hartville has grown up quite a bit since I've been there. There they have a Division One high school there now, and. Uh, Lake Blue Streaks. So big shout out to everybody from Lake High School. You know the Blue Streaks. <laughs> yeah. Doing real good these days and, and a lot of stuff. But it's a definitely a change. Yeah. Definitely a lot since I was there. So what was it? Um, what was it like for you growing up as a kid? Um, I had a I had a good life. I mean, I had a, a I had a challenging life though. And it went around twelve when I moved from Marlboro to Hartville. Because my my parents got divorced when I was uh, in fifth grade, so that that one kind of rocked my world, honestly. Um, yeah. But you know, it's kind of interesting. You go back and look at those towns. When I was, I grew up in Hartville on a like thirteen acre plot of land with some horses and just you know uh, a blissful life of ch of being a child. And then uh, this divorce thing comes, and then. Uh, for me, we had to go move to the big city of Hartville, you know, I, like, you know, how am I going to move, you know, and all that. And I went from a school of, uh, of about, you know, 100 kids in my class to like 300 or something. So oh. it, was a, it was a transition for me. Um, it was really tough. But, uh, you know, other than that, but those are the kind of things that have formed me, too. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have bad feelings about it. That's just who I am. Right, right. It's 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 part of part of the journey for you. Yeah, yeah. Big time. So so you um, so you you graduated from high school. I'm assuming in Hartville. Yep. Okay. Lake High School, class of 1987. Ken. 87. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you're you're a little bit younger than me. And I know. Not That's much. Why out there. Hey, you caught me yesterday, by the way. So everybody wish Dr. McCloy a, a happy belated birthday. Yesterday was his birthday. Yeah. Yeah. He He's entering the second half of his life. 
You know, I was thinking about that, Ken. I don't think I'm entering the second half yet. Because if you say it's going to be 100, right? Yeah. Let's just say I'm going to be 100. Yeah. Um, 50 is the last part of the first part. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm sticking to that. I love, I love how you think. So, so, so you went to, uh, you went to high school there. You graduated in, in 87. You, um, and, and did you go to college? I assume you did. That's how you became a doctor. It's kind of hard, <laughs> not to, you know, uh, I, I went to Bowling Green State. University of Bowling. Oh, there's that internet hiccup yeah, again. My, my apologies. Yeah, um, no problem. You, you went to Bowling BGSU. BG, yeah. Nice. So I I go to BG for my undergrad, get a um, bachelor's in chemistry, which was basically my pre optometry uh, degree, and uh, then got in. So I graduated uh, Bowling Green in 1991 as a Falcon. And then I um, migrated uh, down to Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, or uh, optometry school, and did '91 to '95 there. So oh, I'm a wow. I'm a I'm a true uh, Ohio State alumni, and uh, BGSU. You know? And that's that's where that's so that's where your optometry degree came from, and mm-hmm. um, and you ended up from from that point. So you graduate college I, I guess I'm kind of because I know you pretty well and I you you have an amazing just a, an amazing spirit good good heart and and you, you genuinely care about other people and and that's that's actually like you live it like you, you're not just somebody that talks about it you actually live it and and I, I don't want to you know, I don't want to. Your if your wife would probably poke her head in and say, "Don't make his head too big." <laughs> I'm kidding, but you you have all oh, Denise Thiel's on the stream, yay! So right. so, um, but but so you, I'm curious what you think because I look, I think that childhood we 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 kind of are formed um in 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 life it kind of childhood kind of pushes us in whatever direction um at least for for a time sometimes forever um but like what do you feel from your childhood influenced you to become who you are what was that one thing hmm. well that's a good question i guess isn't it <laughs> There's a lot of things. I mean, I, I'd have to say, uh, you know, no, no matter how challenging my childhood was with the, you know, for me, I, 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 a lot of my childhood, I think about the crisis moment of divorce, you know? Yeah. Uh, I do think that's a big part of who I am, but I, I know all throughout that, like my mom always loved me. Yeah. I mean, she, she's always loved me. She just and, sent me a message a yeah. little bit ago. She's amazing. Yeah. She still loves me. Yeah. You know, I'm still like her pride and joy, you know? So, um, you know, I always knew love. I, I, I knew what love was in that sense. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that, that earthly love, that, that, that family love. So, and my dad loved me too. I mean, he, there's no question about that. I don't think anybody's more proud. There's not a prouder dad out there than my dad was of yeah. things that we do. We, I could tell him anything that we were doing and he just, be like, Oh, that's just the best thing. I tell you, that's a, Best day, of, you know. That he just, <laughs> um, even though they weren't together, you know, they loved me, and so I, I understood what what love was uh, um, in my in my childhood. Um, That's awesome. I, you know, I, I gained a, a different appreciation of love later in my life too. So yeah. those are the things that really formed who I am today. By the way, um, I can't pronounce the name e- Elok Emerarej. Yeah, I don't know what that name is for him. That's but it's, it's Jolene and Jerome representing yeah. professional eye care Jamaica. Yeah. Shout out to them, you know? Yeah. Oh, Mobay, PEC Jamaica. Ooh, we got Jamaica in the house, man. So, right. so, 
So we, you know, you, so you, you had a good childhood outside of the, that, that moment in time when, when the divorce happened. Um, and I can relate to that. I understand it. I was way younger though, so I don't remember it, but, um, mm -hmm. so you, you, um, ended up going and what made you decide to go into optometry because i took chemistry in high school and i was like ew yeah. <laughs> like, well well that's the, that's the i forgot that part about my childhood about how it formed who i am is it was my junior year in high school at, at lake and um my high school chemistry teacher i was in an ap chemistry class and uh she said at that time we that the three best careers that you could go into, because she was kind of speaking some life into us, mm -hmm. and that she said was genetics, robotics, or optometry. And so I grew up caddying all, all of my young years, too. And I always noticed that the doctors got to play on Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And I kind of knew I wanted to be a doctor, too. But I, I remember thinking, well, okay, out of those three, the optometry is the doctor one. I, I go, I'll look at that. And, and honestly, that was what it was for me. I, I didn't want to do robotics or genetics. And I really enjoyed the chemistry class and that teacher, uh, he's Mrs. Ellenberger is her name. And, uh, and so I, I started to look into optometry and basically just declared that as my major, not knowing anything about it, honestly. So really. Yeah, I don't have any glorious story for you about it. Like some epiphany was, hey, that looks like the one I want, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, what, so it wasn't a spitball to the eye and, and, no. and you're like, I'm going to work on people's eyeballs. Wow. No, a lot of optometrists go into optometry or eye care folks because they had to be at an eye doctor's office or they've had that experience. And I, I'd never even been to one. I just knew it sounded cool, you know? And, 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 <laughs> She did have some good facts, you know, because of the, the baby boom generation. Um, th there's going to be, you know, a lot of people needing eye care and all that because everybody's eyes kind of go bad in the 40s. So there was some good basis behind it, too. But that's that's how I got started in optometry. That's insane. I, wow. You have yeah. a lot of people. Warren um, Dyer from PEC yeah. Bay West yeah. logged in. Hey, they, everybody share this out, share this out so we can get a lot of people on here. But, yeah. um, so, so you got into optometry. So you, let's be real. It's so you could play golf Thursday through Sunday. Uh, well, <laughs> it, that's definitely part of it. You know I mean? You gotta, you gotta think of what's going to make you happy in life. You yeah. know, if you don't know what you're going to be happy at, right. you're going to not gonna be happy. And what fun is that? I know. know we need to play golf sometime. Let's I'm, do it. I'm not bad. So, um, I just need new glasses. <laughs> Monday, you know, I mean, I think it's Monday. Isn't it? That's your yeah, I know. So, so, um, so you, you came out of Ohio, the Ohio state university with an optometry degree and, yeah. and instantly were successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually. Were you? I would say, yeah. Um, I mean, not to be not to be like arrogant. Right. Right. But um, I went on the path that I was planning to do. I went and did an internship in Jamaica, went down to get my license there. I was going to go grow dreadlocks and live on the beach for the rest of my life. As uh, an optometrist. Yeah. With dreadlocks. Yeah. yeah dreadlock optometrist. That is awesome. OK. But my you know, I met my wife right before I left. Thank God. And um, that helped to reroute my intentions of why I was going. But I did go down there. Uh, I guess I wasn't successful in the sense of uh, I practice and lived there. We, we decided that wasn't the best path. But we did the year internship, got licensed, opened up a little office. And, you know, you know that year was the launch of um, everything that we really are so involved in now. So, um, wow, I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll say successful, but. Instantly successful, yeah. Maybe not instant. Yeah, but you so so you you left so you left Columbus, Ohio, and uh -huh. went to Jamaica. Right. Why? I think I asked you this before, but what like like if you are like I'm sitting in just north of Columbus, Ohio, and mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here, and and if I just suddenly said. 
I think I'm going to go to Jamaica. Yeah. Like, what know, was what was it? I don't know if this is proper for the airwaves, but the, <laughs> the uh, you know the, the real story behind me. I mean, I was uh, I, I it wasn't it wasn't like a last minute decision. It was something that was happening yeah. to me all my life. I, I I started going to Jamaica on spring break when I was a sophomore in college at BG. Okay. Um, I learned early on. I've always been a little entrepreneurial in my mind. Yeah. And I and I have never really I didn't I don't come from money. So uh, early on in those days, I realized if I would coordinate 10 or 15 of my friends from my fraternity to go to Jamaica, I could get a free trip. Um, I'd get about 500 bucks to spend while I was there. And um, while I was there, I was like the most popular guy because I had like 15 people walling around with me. So everybody wanted to be my friend. That's awesome. So. Uh Uh-oh. Really all through my undergrad. Hmm. You got me back? Yep, you're back. Sorry. Yeah. So you, I, so you, um, you, somebody on here says, love Jamaica, lots of nice people, vacation in Ocho Rios. Isn't that yeah. where you were the other day? I was not in Ochi. I have some friends over there, though. Oh, I was close to it. I was by Runaway Bay. I was halfway there from Montego Bay. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and we're going to get into that. So, so you were you were in Jamaica. You um, had just met your amazing wife, by the way. She's amazing. Um, yeah, amazing. And and you um, you what what was next? How did you end up? I mean, there's so many facets to this story. Like, how did what happened next? How about that? Yeah. Well, I, so I was doing all those trips throughout the years. Uh, of my undergrad and then I, I get into optometry and about my June my third year of the four years I just started saying I'm going to go to Jamaica and practice you know that was what I was going to do so I, I'd been talking about it I found a practice to buy which I had no clue what I was doing really on that one but um, I'm all ready to go and I meet uh, Rhonda my wife uh, like the last month of um, of my my schooling and we get together, and I'm scheduled to go and start in September. And I actually started telling her, hey, I don't need to go to Jamaica anymore. You know, I, I, I can just stay here. Yeah. Just stay here. Like, like, I'm in love with you. This is way better. Uh, my plans weren't so cool. So <laughs> let, let me just stay. And, and one of the best things that happened to me, she said, no, you're not, you're not staying here. Because if I, if I stay and don't go, I'll hold that against her for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that I never went and followed my dream or that passion. So she's really the one who forced me to go. And um, wow. I'm so glad that she did because it really helped us to, um, you know, have that experience. And then and then really I came back and we started the family. Uh, but um, it, it, she's, a, she's a huge part of everything that we do. She's super amazing, you know. Um, and that, that year, though, helped me to get, I say, prepared for when – we went back there in 2000 more officially, uh, missionally and in practice. So, wow. Wow. So Jill just said she is wise, such a great lady. She's, she's, she, she really is. So, so you interview on the show someday, you know? Yeah. We need the, the brains behind it all. (laughs) That's what I say about Jill. I interviewed Jill on here last week. So, um, so you at some point, so did you immediately start your own practice location or did you work for another doc? Yeah. So when I went to get licensed, the requirement was I had to do a six month internship at a, at the public hospital in Jamaica. Yeah. And at the same time I was going to be, um, I was going to be working to own the practice I went to. Uh, I was actually going there to buy it. And, um, you know, that just that part just didn't work out. That would be the easiest way to say that. Yeah. But um, and when it didn't work out, I decided to go down the street and open up my own shop just to because I was a little ornery. In you know? Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your first your first practice location was in Jamaica. Yeah, Savannah Lamar, Jamaica. Wow. Yeah. So I used to commute to the hospital about four hours twice a week 
because I'd have to go up and do the internship and come back down and kind of start up the practice. And that original practice is what is we actually have it still. It's still in our fold now. It kind of kind of um, uh, gifted it over to the optician that kind of helped me out there. And then she made a transition back to the States not too long ago, actually. And we kind of got it, kind of purchased it back. So um, Savannah Lamar is my original my original look in, um, in Jamaica. And uh, interestingly enough, it's uh, sorry about the dogs. UPS is coming right now. But the, uh, the, <laughs> it's OK. Yeah. The um, the and really near to the mission center where we're at. I mean, it's just the the parallels and the things that I feel like uh, I'll say the Lord's done to um, prepare me for the things He had for me. Yeah, they're miraculous, really. Yeah, not so, so, but I I kind of want to talk about. So you ended up um, you had this first practice location. Um, I mean, and just so just so everybody knows you have a total of like eight locations now eight or ten something like that practice locations it's yeah a lot there's definitely six in jamaica right one in ohio yeah and kind of like two in um in tennessee right so you're you're oh, insane man eight's eight's reasonable yeah, eight, nine, ten. Who's counting? Um, so, so you have all of these 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 practice locations. But how? Like, at some point, you ended up back in Ohio from Jamaica. Yeah. And started another practice here. Right. Why? Yeah. So how how'd that happen? Well, I I went down and did the year. You know, I, I got the internship, I got the license, and um, this is back in the day when cell phone bill, cell phones were new. And I, we, Rhonda and I were spending like 500 US a month on cell phone bills of just trying to stay together and connected. And yeah. we just that, that starting our life together in Jamaica wasn't really the best idea. <laughs> right. Uh, I came home and went back to the, uh, the optometrist uh, John Archer and Cheryl Archer up in Bowling Green and kind of they helped me transition back to the States and I worked with them for a while. Bounced around between Columbus, uh, Mansfield uh, and in some retail settings. That's what we typically do when you're when you're starting out and then found a uh, private practice and uh, well started a nursing home, a big nursing home thing that was going really well. One of our frame reps just led us to Marion, Ohio and said, hey, because we were talking about we were talking about trying to um, get a location for our nursing home site. And he said, hey, why don't you just open up a why don't you just buy a retiring practice or something? And he brought it to our attention Marion and Marion was halfway between Columbus and Tiffin and Rhonda's from Tiffin. Yeah. I was in Columbus, in Columbus. So we like, oh, that's a good spot. And next thing you know, we bought we were buying a practice in Marion, Ohio. And that's. That's really the, it's really the mother of all practices, honestly, Marion. Yeah, yeah, you've you've got a, a nice nice practice in, in Marion. So, so you, um, wow, was that location number two then? You know, as you're going through it, it kind of is, you know, because the very first one really would have been Sav in Jamaica, you know. Um, and, and so, so with the with the Jamaica thing, though, when you came back here, was the Jamaica thing still going, and you owned it? Yeah, I was still going. Um, I just kind of helped keep it going um, with with uh, Joyce down there. It kind of it kind of became more of just an optical, but she would uh, arrange other doctors to be in there and. I just helped. I just helped to keep it supported and alive. But, but she really did most of the work there. Uh, my 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 real my all my energy really had kind of turned to um, Ohio uh, and and developing the model there. Yeah. So. And 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 quite the model you did develop here too. So, um, so at some point, at some point. And I, I know you don't you can't, you don't want to go into the whole story, um, but I, I get and I get that. But the at some point you um, decided to start doing more than just Ohio and 
than the the first little place you started in Jamaica. And I'm not saying it was little. I don't. It may have been huge. I don't know. But um, at 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 some point, you decided I, I want to do more. Yeah. <clears throat> what was that? What was the was was there a moment? Was there a moment where you're like, I'm not doing enough. I want to do more because we're I'm I'm trying to kind of lead up to you know the mission of sight and and all of that so what was kind of the moment where you 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 were right, all in yeah well i think i've had a few of those moments you know ken yeah. I, I don't know i don't know if i had just one you know um but the the one uh, the one that really hit me the first moment was that I, I had I'd come to Christ. I, I didn't I didn't grow up in the church and I didn't have a faith uh, of in Christ. You know, I, I come to know about this this new life that was available to me. Right. And when I made that conversion to follow Christ in my life, uh, I was sitting in church in Marion, Ohio, wondering what in the world I was ever going to do, because Quite honestly, I was maybe a, I didn't grow up there, so I didn't know what you're supposed to. Do. I didn't know what am I going to plug in? What am I going to have fun with? Because I'm kind of a I like to have fun, right. you know. And I'm coming out of a different lifestyle, and um, I I I had my little awakening when um, one of the mission speakers came in and said, "Hey, here's what we do. Uh, we or we organize ten or fifteen people from the church or whoever to go to foreign countries." And we serve and we build and we witness about our faith and, 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 and that's what we do. And I, I finally went, Oh my God, that I've been doing that for like eight years. I was doing that for spring break. So now I can actually do that for, you know, the kingdom of God right. and help people and be helpful rather than destructive. And so that was probably my first real thing where, uh, we started to, we organized a trip to go to Jamaica. And quite honestly, you know, Ken, I didn't think about this, but that, that was the first wall that I think I really had to get around. Really? That was the first wall. Because they said that at that time that Jamaica was a closed country to the missions program in the Church of the Nazarene because of an incident that occurred back in 1985. And this is like 1998, 99, when we're revisiting the, the application to, to send a team. And uh, it came back that, no, you can't go. What what was what happened in '85? Um, there was a there was an issue that occurred with a uh, youth team, like a, a youth team went down, and you know I, I I don't know the full detail. I don't know if I want to got into the full detail, but it wasn't yeah. pretty. And okay. so uh, one of the one of the some of the young ladies had a bad experience. Oh, okay. You know? And um, so the international church kind of said, nobody's going to Jamaica from now on. And nobody ever revisited it until, until I get this stir in my heart to get involved in the missions program. Yeah. And I said, Hey, I got a great place we can go. Let's go to Jamaica. Yeah. I went there for years. You know what I mean? I know they need the Lord down there. I know there's, you know, I, we can go on down there and do some great things. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, that sounds great because honestly, nobody had even heard about it, Jamaica much because nobody had been there. In so long. Wow. When we went to get in, they said no. And who's that did, they? Who's who's they? Well, the you know the international church has a responsibility to make sure if teams are going into some foreign area that it's approved that there's yeah. someone to receive them. And and their no was basically because it had been on the books that it's unsafe. Got it. At the same time, you know they're going in every different African country and all these other places. So I said, well, how can you? <clears throat> How can you say Jamaica's unsafe? Yeah, it's unsafe, but come on. Tourists are going there. I'm still alive, and I was in some of the worst places you could be. Sure. So, so they, we worked through that wall, basically. So, so you, you challenged them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had to. It's my country, you know? Like, I'm over half Jamaican. Not by blood, <laughs> but just by, by life. You know, anybody that knows me will say it, you know, that I'm very Jamaican, you know? <laughs> so, that's kind of the term that we use. So when I was told I can't take my faith to my back to my own country, that was really rough. And 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 there's a lot of different little nuances and stories in that. But the the cool thing is that we we 
Well, Jamaica's Church of Nazarene will maybe refer to me as, uh, what do they call me sometimes? Yeah, I am their ambassador, but, uh, but just, I helped to break, I helped to be, I came down and saw that was good. We helped to get, we helped to reopen the doors to Jamaica. And that, yeah, like they're Joshua, yeah. So, wow. anyway. We helped to reopen the doors to Jamaica's uh, missions program in the Church of the Nazarene, particularly. There were other, you know, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, they were all going, but the Nazarene Church was closed, and they had not had any visitors. So that was really the very first big thing that happened. And when we started it, uh, it it, it kind of consumed me uh, in the sense that it was it was it was my passion. It is my passion, and it always it always will be. And and we we just didn't do it like a once trip and done. It became a lifestyle, and it became what we do. There's, you know, I I want to make a, and I'll let you make the point, but I want to bring it up, and that is, you know, I know a lot of people that <clears throat> that, um, and and you know, we know the the scripture, faith without works is dead, right? Um, you know, but there's so there's a lot of people that say. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and it just didn't work out. And, 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 and I, I want to point out that it takes more than that. Well, I, I, I go on that with you. I mean, there's a, you got to do it. Even the book says, you know, faith without works is dead faith, you know, and you can't just be all worky worky either, you know, right. You're worky worky. You got no faith. So, right. uh, I've always said faith and action. I mean, I, if there's not an action to it, yeah, you just you're just sitting around doing. I mean, I'm not badging anybody, no. right? But I, well, we were just talking about this with our go crazy, do good team down there, Doctor Stahl. That's his, one of his big scriptures is the, is the action of it all. Yeah, and trying to talk about what's the relation to action and faith. You know, yeah. are they equivalent? Like, do they have to be equal? You know, I mean, if, if you're really full of faith. Then you should have a whole lot of action too. Right. If you have faith, you have just a little action. I don't know, but I just know I got a lot of action and I got a lot of faith. And so it's just, just the, the marriage of those two creates a synergy that you can't, you can't, you won't see in the, in the, in the, in the natural. Right. You know? Right. That's, and I, I feel like what we have going on down there now is the synergy of faith and action put together yeah. on a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I think that that's that's something that you, you know, uh, it's like taking on the International Church of the International Church's decision to say, no, no, no Jamaica. Nobody's going to Jamaica. No, let let the let the Catholics deal with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. Don't I don't want any hate mail. No hate mail. <laughs> I'm kidding. But they, they said, no, we're, you're not going to Jamaica. And you did not accept that as an acceptable answer. No, I couldn't. Right. I, I just couldn't. And, I, and, and unfortunately, it wasn't because I broke through the wall, so to say. I didn't knock the wall over. It's just like, okay, why is it that way? Okay, what do we have to do to make it different? Right. Um, you know, what just kind of working through the process, not just bouncing off the wall because we talk about you know in our in our thing just don't bounce off the walls a lot of people just bounce off and then they're done yeah there's 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 going to be walls in your way in everything that we do especially if it's if it's a good thing and if it's a new thing yeah so you got to know how to navigate the wall you do sometimes you got to get out a stick of dynamite (laughs) 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 blow that puppy up man (laughs) <laughs> get it out of your way. No, I'm 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 kidding. Don't get in no dynamite. I'm not advocating that. Um <clears throat> but sometimes the the you know, like it, it's almost like it's a uh, it, it's a it's a test to see how bad you want it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would yeah, definitely. And and then it gives you that, that, that sweeter taste once you get through it. You know, it just tastes sweeter whenever you have to, have to endure a little bit. Now, I am 50 now, so I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready for just not having to push as hard through some things. Right. And, it, and we're definitely experiencing these days just some of the, some of the really amazing stuff. 
How about that bad description? But the amazing stuff that is a product of those early days of dealing with walls. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, like, and, and, you know, I don't know. I'll just throw it out there. Yeah. The people that get stuck in life, I know, excuse me. I know a lot of people that Christian, not Christian, doesn't matter. Like they, they get stuck. They don't know what to do. They, they live a life as a victim or they live a life as a whatever. And, and they, they remain stuck there Mm -hmm. until they go to their grave. Right. Yeah. What is it in your opinion that, that keeps people there, that keeps them stuck, that can't, you know, they can't get out of their own way and out of their own head or whatever it is. What do you think it is? What's what's one of the number one things in your opinion? Um, you look like you're stuck on the screen there right now. I, I, I literally was. I'm not, I'm not anymore. I'm unstuck. <laughs> yeah, it's not... <laughs> uh, bandwidth, you know, that can be something that sticks people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to solve that today with with the yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a question that could be really controversial. However, I answer that one because I think you know I, one thing I think about is not everybody is designed to lead either. You know, like sometimes we think oh, everybody should be a leader. Well, no, everybody's not a leader. Right. So I think sometimes sometimes people are just you know, we're created to be who we are and that, and that may be the definition for them. But the ones that, the ones that are vocal about, you know, I've been waiting on the Lord or I've been, I've been this or the other, or I can't seem to get through. Um, I think, I think a couple of things, I think fear, fear of failure is probably one of those. Um, Fear of the unknown. I'd probably say fear. I think I might, that'd be, I don't know. I've never done a study on it. I'm not an expert, Ken. Right. But I, one of the things that I've had to overcome, if I'm thinking about why did I get through, is uh, is just not is trying to be a little more fearless and kind of not worry about what the results are. Now, sometimes I've been maybe too fearless and haven't considered all like who's with me in the game, like my family and my my children, my wife. Um, but um, and you know when it, it's funny, you know, I said bandwidth, you know. Um, I, I function because I'm fun- functioning on a, on the bandwidth of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, so I know that when that Spirit's flowing through me and I, and I'm, I'm allowing that, I'm allowing that Spirit to flow through me, then I can, I can function above fear. Yeah, absolutely. But if, and so whatever the, a, a person's motivation be, you know, whether it's the Spirit or it's, uh, whatever, if they're not connected to that bandwidth, you know, you're, you're not going to move. The, the, you know, I think even in your, in your profession, um, <clears throat> how many people have you seen over the years, patients, um, that they were like, Oh, I just, <clears throat> I didn't want to come here. I was scared. I don't like that numbing you do to my eyeballs or dilating. I, I don't. And, and so, it wasn't until I accidentally walked off that balcony last week. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, oh, sure. right? Like they, they, they'll go to, it's like I have a lot of friends that are dentists and they're like, you know, the, the, the worst time to come to the dentist is after you have an abscessed tooth. Like you need to do it more frequently. And so like that stuff, like the, it, it's, it's all fear. Yeah. Right? Fear. That's fear. Oh. That's the thing, and you're fearing what you don't even know, you know, which is even worse because it, it's not even real. Half right. the things here, they're not even real. Right. But they can become really real in our minds when we when we fabricate what it all could be, you know. So um, I think fear. So <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't know, like my bandwidth, my um, so. <laughs> One thing that that I, I do want to bring up is the absolutely couple of things. First, let's talk about over your right shoulder. What is that back there? 
back to well, that, that little plaque. That really isn't placed there by any means. You mentioned that earlier, pre-doing, pre but um, that is the, hum the humanitarian award for the Ohio Optometric Foundation this year that I got uh, last month, which is really, it's on that table just because it's a remembrance and it's kind of like a stamp of approval for yeah. all the work we've done, you know? So really proud of that. You, you you got that award because of not not because of all the for profit practices that you've set up, but for the 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 other stuff. And and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that other stuff because I know you and I know that's where your heart really is, is in, in helping the amazing people, not just here in in Tennessee and, and Ohio, but in Jamaica, you do some amazing work down there. And and for anybody who doesn't know who who Dr. Doug is here, like make sure you follow him because he's he's doing some really cool live streaming now down in Thanks. Jamaica, and 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 you're doing some cool stuff with the um, cataract surgery. Like I I don't know that there's any place on planet Earth that needs cataract surgery as much as Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's some truth in that. What? Why? Why is that? What's wh What's that all about? Well, it's a combination of, of of a few things. You know, some of it's genetics. You know, it's just the makeup of of our people. Um, and the other is the environment, which is the ultraviolet light mm -hmm. and um, the exposure to UV, unprotected exposure of that, plus the diet. You know, um, it's heavy in, in, in salts and, and oils. And I mean, we, we like to fry stuff. We like to salt stuff. We like carbohydrates. So there's a, there's a lot of factors, but it, I, it's kind of a combination of being an African Caribbean mix that is, um, island and add the island salt to that on top of the island aspect. Um, that's really <laughs> That's uh now that's FedEx. See, so that's that's a but so so you add all that together, uh, Ken, and um and really the biggest one of the bigger problems is access to care. Um the the public health system, albeit free, um the backup in the system there is over two years long to get a cataract yeah. in the public hospitals to have it removed. So um access to care just creates this continually the cataracts keep piling up because nobody's they're not really chipping off at them yeah. so wow it's a huge huge issue that that is what i got convicted about right if you want me to roll towards how yeah yeah do it let's roll so, so you know we started doing the missional stuff back in 98 2000 and one thing that we realized is that I'm a very independent-y kind of guy. I don't. I didn't want to go ask the church for money to support us or things like that. Uh, plus, we were we're kind of just doing some extreme stuff. So we had to become sustainable, and sustainable just been the word forever for us. And that was that I realized I was laying. I was down there laying blocks, can like like cinder blocks, yeah, concrete, trying to build up some walls for the the the, the retreat center. And I'm looking outside the fence and I see there's about five or six guys outside that are construction workers because we're doing like a construction project. We brought in all these nice white people from America, you know, yeah. to, to, to build these, to do this construction. And I, and it just comes on to me that, wow, I drop one of those blocks on this hand and I'm in a problem. Yeah. Because I got little lenses. I got to pick things out of people's eyes and everything. And I'm like, okay. So I'm putting myself at risk and I'm putting them out of work. So wow. if I, so what, what good is that? You know, that doesn't, that doesn't mix well. And I realized I could just go down the street to the hospital that I did my internship at. And if I went down there and just volunteered myself there doing eye exams, which is my personal gift, right? Right. right. Not, not laying block. Never did that. Right. Okay. I would not only be, a better utilization of my resources of who I am, I would help more people. And they had no way to even get glasses back then. So we said, well, if we just put together an affordable little glasses package so we could be affordable and accessible and exceptional, yeah. that little bit of money that we'd raise 
could help pay my electric bill, right, while I'm there for extended stays. And I could take that money and pay for the five guys on the outside to lay 50 times more blocks than I could ever do. Right. You know? So that kind of launched us into this mindset that, hey, let's open up offices as little outreach centers that could help the sustainability of the missions program so we don't have to have our hands out begging money all the time. Wow. There's other places that need to do that. And that is what stirred us into you know, the life, like making our, our, our work, our worship, so you know, you literally created micro economies almost, mm -hmm. I mean, because you're, you're, you're employing these guys and they get to feed their families as yeah. a result. And uh, dude, that's amazing. That's amazing what you're doing. Emphasis on micro. <laughs> you know, because... I, I, yeah, I get that. But I'm, you know what, yeah. I'm just saying that. That even if you're only helping two people out, you're you're still stimulating the economy. You're still helping. Oh yeah. Right. And and you do a lot, a lot, lot, lot of pro bono stuff there too. You just froze. Is it you freezing or is it me freezing? Let's blame it on me, Ken, because it wouldn't be you. <laughs> I love it, dude. So, so the, the, um, so, but you, I, like I just said, you do a lot of pro bono stuff to help, right? Yeah. Um, the, and I, I want to talk about this, um, new push that, um, you and I are discussing how, how we're going to help with that. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because, um, I, I, you know, I have a lot of people that watch the show that that may be able to help. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Well, you know, kind of, it's kind of a good segue from that because we've been so sustainably minded. You know, that's yeah. always just been always what we're doing, and not really looking to uh, look for you know contributions to what we do. Right. And um, I'm, I've been convicted over this last year, really. It's been going on for a while that we we need to do a better job of connecting people with the people that we're helping, right. who need the help, like these cataract patients. They're literally blind, both eyes, can't see, and many of them, their challenge has been access to care is the problem. Because we're sustainable, we're not a free service, but we're really cheap. We're really inexpensive. But even that little inexpensive amount can be the roadblock to someone getting their surgery. So what we want to do is to engage um, contributors with the people that are having the surgery to, to bring them together and to help those that need the help. But a lot of times, you know, people want something tangible and nice and fun and new to give to, you know, to help towards, even if it's little or big. And I feel like as the as the director of what we do, I've kind of dropped the ball a little bit on helping people get engaged in giving to help others the yeah. way we bring, um, which, you know, I, I, so all that builds up to here I am turning 50 and I felt no, you like, turn, you already turned 50. Just, just oh yeah. Mind you. Your memory's probably starting to slip a little bit. It's already bad. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I'm already 50. See, in Jamaica now, we call it the birthday month. We celebrate the birthday month. Oh, you know, okay. Okay? So there's a little Jamaican culture for you. We call it our birthday month. So I still got like, you know, 16 days left in the month to celebrate. Okay, see, I do the same thing. I didn't know I was Jamaican. Now my wife knows now. It's not my yeah. fault. And, and I want to extend it on. I want to do, I'm, like I said earlier in the show, I want to make it a birthday year. I'm 50 all year. I love it. Yeah. So, um, so just had this inspiration that I just wanted to raise, like, say, $50,000 to go towards cataract patient sponsorship only. Yeah. I feel like we did that and we infused that. It, those patients will still pay something for their surgery. Maybe they can't afford the whole $500 is basically what it costs. Yeah. Find 200 and we'll just keep rolling and paying forward, and it'll create a, a momentum that um, will really help us to not have anybody have a reason to not come. I, you know, I, I gotta say that, um, I, I've, I've seen some of your live streams. Um, I've seen some of the patients, like you've had patients in there. Um, the, I can't remember the one woman's name, but she was such a sweet, sweet lady. 
Um, and she was completely blind in both eyes. Completely. Yeah, Elretha. Yes. What's her yeah. name? I believe it's Elretha. I have to. Uh... Elretha. That's it. Yeah. Because I thought you were saying Aretha, like Aretha Franklin. Yeah. But Elretha. Yeah. So, so she was completely blind, 100% blind. And, yeah. and you brought her in. And and through the mission of sight, you were able to do the surgery on one of her eyes to start. And hold on, we're frozen. Okay, we're back. Um, you were able to do one of her eyes, and and I you had then you did a a kind of um, what's that show? Move that bus. You did a, did the reveal, yeah. and and yeah. I saw like at first at what's that? Remove the patch. Remove, Remove that the patch. patch. Yeah. And so at first she still couldn't see, but then it started the, like you said on your live stream, her eyeballs starting to wake up. Yeah. It's been asleep for a while. And, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden she could, she could see. I remember right. she said she could see Jolene's white skin. White hand. White hand, white hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and that, so that was like, dude, I, I honestly sat here and watched that and I, I teared up watching it. It was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely an amazing, uh, a friend of mine who passed away several years ago, um, was, was literally going to be a professional baseball player, but instead he, he developed, um, what's it called? Macul macular degen macular Yeah. Macular degeneration. Yeah. So he start he he literally was almost completely blind by the end of his life and and um, but I'll tell you the guy was still one of the most grateful people I've ever known in my life ever and and that's one of the things that I see with the people that you're working with down there they are so so grateful everybody oh, yeah. watching this just imagine being completely blind like you have to get up from your computer right now and go to the bathroom and all of a sudden you're blind like good luck like, yeah and that's what these people are living with on a daily basis and you're down there helping them and dude it's awesome it is that's why i think we need to share it you know it's we're kind of selfish that we it's all us you know people would really enjoy being engaged in it you know yeah that's awesome. So we're going to put together some stuff where we're going to raise. You said fifty thousand. I said let's let's ten x that. Let's let's go with five hundred thousand. Um, we're we're going we're gonna, we're going to believe we're going to believe in the five hundred grand because we can help a whole lot more people with half a million than we can with fifty grand. So although fifty grand would make a dent, it wouldn't make a splash. Let's make a splash. And and you can let's splash it up, you know. Yeah, let's raise some money. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, Dr. McCloy and I are. We're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to really really raise raise the bar, um, and half a million dollars. Let's do it. Let's do it. So so what what else is um, on the horizon for you? What's what's coming up? Well, you know, it's interesting you ask because today is uh, National Diabetes Day. Did you know that, Ken? Did not know that. Yeah. And this is Diabetes Awareness Month also. Oh, wow. So uh, diabetes is one of the biggest uh, destroyers to vision uh, in, the, in the eye. It, it, diabetic retinopathy is one of our greatest challenges in Jamaica that we have as well. Um, and it's a, you have to prevent it. You can't you can't be um, you can't be like going after it after you had an accident. You got to be in prevention mode. So uh, it affects the retina. And in Jamaica now, we feel like we've kind of we're chipping away at the cataract problem. But if you have a retinal problem, there's not a lot of hope for you. There's maybe like one place you can go that is way too much out of the cost structure of everybody there. And so we are developing retina and. That's the that's the greatest new horizon. We just got a grant from one a retina company to help us with that. That is going to help us like make a dent, you know, get us a little start. But uh, that's the part that we're that we're that that's the next frontier is to really accomplish it. And there and we can. That's the thing. We we really can do it. 
Um, so wow. I'm about making a difference in diabetes because Jamaica diabetes, I mean, it's just everywhere there for us. It's Is just it really, yeah, we love sweet drinks. We love uh, rice and peas. Uh, we love, we love high carbohydrate stuff. And genetically, our bodies in Jamaican's not real good for that stuff, you know. Yeah. So, um, so education on wellness, but uh, prevention, and you know, using lasers and setting up retina and all kinds of fancy medical terms I could use for you. That's that's the that's the next horizon. But the other horizon right now, though, is that we are officially now getting so close to being a true partner with the Ministry of Health that they are going to be sending their cataracts to us. A, a, a non-profit, but we are sustainable because they've been wanting to have partnerships with the outside because they know they can't handle the load. And so to get that kind of recognition and to start helping them, it's just phenomenal. So I think we're, we're going to need that splash, Ken, because we, we got a, we got, we got some good problems ahead of us. I, I, I don't, I mean, there's millions of dollars raised in this country every single day for a variety of, of things. And I think that this is such a great, it's just a great cause. It's a great, it's a great thing that you're doing down there, doc. <laughs> and, and I see, um, he said that that's Jerome spelled backwards, by the way. Uh Oh, now we're really frozen. Oh, there, now we're unfrozen. Okay. We just broke through a wall there. Emmeridge so, is Jerome. Jerome Jer Cole. Backwards. Jerome yeah. Cole. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. Took me all this time. Took this interview for me to understand what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ron is there nodding her head too like, oh. <laughs> That's great. So. Um, He's a rising star, by the way, Jerome. Really? He's a great yeah, yeah, it really is. Is that who? Is that the guy that you were in the car with when you Facetime me from down there the last time, or no? Who oh, was that'd that? be Ringo. No, Ringo's a legend. You oh, know, you Ringo, got... Ringo, Ringo, yeah. Legend, uh, but but Jerome's a young and up and comer, uh, just uh, full of energy and talent and um, and growing in 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 the in in the in the company. Really, that's to, awesome. That's awesome. I love the way you, you're you're constantly edifying everyone else, man. And, oh, and and your humility is like like here you are this this amazing accomplished um, doctor and and like you you uh, you love to give everybody else the credit and and that's that's one of the most amazing things about you in my opinion. So. Um, we're going to do everything we can in our power, um, in our reach, in our abilities to to really um, help your vision of of you know make it b bigger, yeah, and make it a reality. Awesome. So and I just want to put a shout out to you, Ken, and 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 your wife Jill, and what you guys are doing for us. You know, um, the Facebook Live lately. If you hadn't really helped me get an understanding of that. And even kind of coach me through my little, uh, you know, in all little things that are doing. And I know I'm still very much a rookie, but uh, just the effect. And, you know, when you help me to say, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. You know, it just needs to be there. You just got to get it out. That that uh, has helped us, uh, you know, a couple thousand views on those things at, at times. And um, it's just it really makes me happy because at least that's a way that I can now communicate out to the people that have been so a part of it all that have come in for a week or a month or whatever, or even a day, yeah. and they can get to get to get a feel for it. So uh, a big shout out to you guys and all you do too. Thank you, thank you. We're very, very, very grateful to have you as not just, I mean, your clients, but you've, yeah. you've, you've become really good friends and we love you guys, you're amazing. Um, uh, and Jerome, now I have to look at his name and, and try to sound it out real quick backwards. <laughs> Uh, Jerome says, Jerome Elock says, <laughs> exactly. say, says Jamaica would not have been the same without you and Mrs. Rhonda McCloy. I'm not even going to try it. Osterwalder. Is that her? Is that her? Osterwalder. 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 See, I, I shouldn't even try it. I butchered it. So, right. um, so, you know, there, obviously everyone in, um, in, in Jamaica loves you and what you're doing. So you, you guys are awesome. Let's, let's, uh, let's make it even bigger. 
we're for it. Awesome. Is there anything else that you would, I, you know, there, I got, we're at the end of the hour, but I got to ask you this one question because I know in Jamaica, you've dealt with this. I know you've seen this. Somebody comes to you. I ask everybody that, that comes on this show, this question. Hmm. Somebody comes to you, they're broke. I mean, broke, broke, broke. Their electric's getting shut off tomorrow. Their car was repossessed last week. They can't figure it out, man. They're just stuck. What do you say to them to help them get over that that hump right there? Wow. It's a tough one because you get that one a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just, you just don't give them the old proverbial, oh, you know, go trust in Jesus and it'll all be better. You know, we, we try to put some action to it. You know, like we have through mission of sight, we, we would direct them towards mission of sight. Typically our foundation, you know, um, we I'd probably pull some money out of my pocket, to be honest with you. I'd say a prayer with them. Yeah. I'd try to help them out. I'd try to find them something, but we try to plug them into our system is what we do because that's, Basically, what we deal with uh, almost all the time. Sure. And that's kind of what we're doing that fundraiser, talking about that fundraisers having sponsorship, you know, to kind of connect them with someone uh, is it would be our thing. So I don't know if that's an answer that anybody else uses, but um, th that'd be where I'd be, you know. Would you teach them to fish? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I'm just trying to think of the person that comes into it because we get a lot of it, you yeah, know. Yeah, right, right. But you know um, the whole the whole give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, yeah. feed him for life, and and I oh. think again I am um, listen I, I'm a recovered alcoholic with sixteen and a half years sober. Trust mm -hmm. me, I've said a lot of prayers in my life, especially when I first you know got my life together. I mean I I you know but like I I discovered. That, you know, and I, I, I'm going to butcher the story, but there's a story about a, a guy riding with this farmer through his land and, 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 and the, the, the guy's telling the farmer like, wow, God has really blessed you with amazing land here. This is absolutely amazing. And the farmer looked at him and he said, yeah, well, you should have seen it before, before I, or you should have seen what he was doing with it before I got here or something like that. Like, in other words, yeah, God will. God will open some doors, but man, you got to do the work and you got to walk through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You got you got to put some action to to everything. Yeah. Yeah. No about it. You're gonna you're gonna that 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 answer is gonna haunt me for not gonna haunt me, but it's gonna be in my ear for a while. Well, that, that. I, I think I know. I think you know. I think you answered it perfectly. Well, I answered my answer, but what I can say what we do though is one of our calls down there is to employ people. Right. You know, so it's just what I'm saying is not every somebody can come to work, you know, that, that presents us that way. You know, but those that we have, our, our big thing is to empower people by coming out of poverty. Yeah. You know, we, we want to lift people out of poverty and so providing jobs is our method of doing it. And if you can, if you can, if you can't get along in PEC or professional eye care mission of sight, then, then you're just not going to get along pretty much anywhere, you know? <laughs> right. uh, so that's kind of our, our channel, but um, it'd be great if we could employ, you know, two or three times as many people as we do. And, you know, and, but, and uh, I, again, I think you'll get there. I had somebody hit me up yesterday asking me for, you know, advice on, on how to help this person and, 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 you know, they're depressed and, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I have to take care of my family as well. And, and, and I can't do free work and, and not, not on, not for somebody that to turn a profit <clears throat> like that, you know, I, I, and so I, and I said to this person, look, <clears throat> sometimes you have to shake the dust from your feet. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, and Jesus said that in the Bible, right? He, he said, hey, man, sometimes you're going to have to walk away from that village and shake the dust from your feet if they don't pay attention or listen and change. So, you yeah. know, 
Um, and I'm, of course, paraphrasing the heck out of that, but, but it's a good paraphrase. Yeah. So, so I think that, um, you know, we have, we have a, a, a responsibility of, 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 you know, helping people, but you got to do it with some wisdom behind it. There you go. Right. There you go. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I think your answer was perfect, dude. So listen, I am very incredibly grateful for you being on follow up show soon. And I mean, in a, in a, within the next couple of months or so, and it should be with you at the Jamaica practice. And we're frozen again. Hang on. Sounds good. And it should be after I get a hold of the cable company's repairman. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, um, we can talk about the splash. Yes. We've got, we've got, we've got to do this. Five hundred thousand dollars is the goal. Can we agree? I, I can go there, Ken. I can. I, I've heard some stories, you know. So I'm thinking, if if other people have a story like that, why wouldn't we not have the same story with all that we do? Right. So I can believe for it. I really right. can. My my wife just walked in. So um, how how can everybody follow you? Well, you know, we're on Facebook, uh, Doug McCloy. I'm on Facebook, uh, professional. I make um, and mission of sight hang has on, its own Facebook page. We're pretty to, much Facebooky, right? You're going to have to re repeat that. I apologize. The internet is, is not liking you right now. <laughs> we're on Facebook. That's, that's where you'd look at us. Uh, mission of sight has its own page. Yeah. I personally kind of moved my personal Facebook into just being who we are. Uh, so I think I'm Doug dot McCloy on Facebook, professional eye care. If you type in professional eye care for Ohio or Jamaica, uh, those are, those are our Facebook pages that, that we're just trying to keep live on. I don't, haven't figured out Instagram. I know we have it. Um, and we'll be there, but, uh, I think that's the best way. And uh, you guys are knocking out our website, so uh, have a good website up there. That's yourpec.com. Yeah, perfect, but. perfect. All right, well, Dr. McCloy, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being on today. You're you're amazing. I'm I'm so grateful to be a part of 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 all this with you. Yeah. So, um, everybody, make sure you go follow Doug McCloy. Follow the the um, the practices in Jamaica and the professional eye care in Ohio and in Jamaica go go follow the pages and the mission of sight page on Facebook everybody go follow it right now appreciate you being on you guys have a great day and we will see you tomorrow thanks, thanks a lot. Ken. thanks Doug thanks.